<laughs> Every time. Say my own podcast, the podcast for the Kardashian connoisseur. I'm Natalie. And I'm Kathleen. I was listening back to our episode we did um, the day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you called me Kendall. And I was like, last time it was Chloe. But then I was thinking about it. And I'm pretty sure one time you called me Kanye. Yes, if it's a K, that's your yeah, that's what so, you And I totally get that. Uh, I'm a little dyslexic myself, and we all know now that voice mixes up. Yeah, right? and I don't know things and can't pronounce anything. So, yeah, I did call you Kanye one time. Like, you know, Kanye, it's just it's yeah. hard out there. It's hard out there. It's the K name that just fucking rattles me. Of course, me and Kathleen were talking before we recorded. We, like, quickly went over Always Sunny, Anne of Green Gables, Les Mis, Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> we spared you guys our, our millennial walk down memory lane. I, there's definitely a lot of people who listen that are our age bracket. Mm-hmm. But it's always a fun reminder when we hear from listeners that are of a younger age bracket and some international folks that, like, are probably like, what the fuck is what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the hell is Anne of Green Gables? <laughs> and Natalie, so Natalie and I, I mean, Natalie's an only child, but like you have older cousins and I have older siblings too. So like we kind of spread the the gap, you know, where yeah. it's like we're typically millennials. Yeah. But we cover some stuff that almost reaches like Gen X. Yes, yes. And then have younger siblings or y- younger cousins or younger nieces and nephews and stuff that keep us like somewhat in touch <laughs> with Gen Z. Keep me young. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Speaking of, um, that Mean Girls trailer came out for the Fuck that. musical. Period. I saw it and I was like, wait, is this the remake? I was so confused. And I knew they were making a movie of the musical. And I still saw the trailer and was like, wait a minute, I'm so confused. And like Tim Meadows and Tina Fey are involved. So I was like, what's going on? Yeah. I Not mean, a single I, fucking song in the Exactly. Preview. I had to read. I think um, Ira actually saw his tweet where yeah. he says not <laughs> mentioning this is a musical or as a choice, something like that. But I was like, oh, this is a musical? I might tune in. I like musicals. But also, I just might not because it doesn't look like anything I want to be a part Someone of. Someone said something along the lines of like, Oh, maybe they wanted to downplay it being a musical because musicals can be cringe for a certain audience and they want it to be more mainstream. And it kind of fit in perfectly with this woman who was on The Bachelor. And then she was on Bachelor in Paradise and married this guy. And then they got divorced. This lady has always tried to be a singer. Like she has tried to incorporate singing into her Bachelor stuff into her content on tiktok she like sang on a cruise ship whatever gave an interview recently with another bachelor person (laughs) about how annoyed she was as a musical theater student at nyu Mm -hmm. oh okay it's lady gaga being like she would just fucking always sing wicked on the piano and i'd be so annoyed i'm trying to eat my sandwich girl I thought that was so funny because if you've ever been around a theater kid or a kid that's musically inclined, that's how they do. Then I looked into it because I was like, bitch, because I knew who she was. Like the news article was like former classmate. I was like, no, 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 no. That's Carly. She was on The Bachelorette and she kept always trying to fucking sing. And finally, she alludes to they were not McDonald's and Lady Gaga's just singing. No, 
they were in the musical theater department and they would have lunch in a studio, a rehearsal studio. Right. Get over yourself, girl. She made it seem like it was like fucking glee and she would just stand on a random lunch if table. Lady Gaga had like a Leah Michelle like reputation, maybe that would land. And even then I'm like, I don't fucking care. Leah Michelle's talented and successful. And what are you? Failed bachelorette lady. Yeah. If she and uh, if it if it was more about like a personality trait versus like being in a studio making music, yeah. like it's like, no, I just my sandwich. Eat your sandwich somewhere else. I was in band, and the band's band room was right next to the theater. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the band kids and theater kids, there was it was a Venn diagram, a lot of crossover. Yeah. Same kids and or people who were sleeping together. Yeah. That's where they <laughs> ate. They <laughs> ate in the band room or the theater or the hallway in between. Right. I can tell you any time I walked near that area because I, I either had band, so freshman I had a third period, then lunch, and as a junior, senior, whatever, I had it fourth period, so lunch, then band. Someone was singing, dancing, cartwheeling, whatever the fuck, at any hour, at any time in that area. Right. Was it cringe? Absolutely. Is it out of the ordinary? No. <laughs> right. That was the time. That was the place to do it. It wasn't like, again, it wasn't high school fucking musical and they were trying to play basketball and someone breaks out in song and dance. Like, if it was like, yeah, Lady Gaga used to like go stand in the line at the DMV and sing Wicked. <laughs> okay. Maybe that'd be like, okay, maybe a different place, Stephanie. But no, you guys were at NYU. Yeah. You were all like this. And in fact, I already felt this woman from the Bachelor was cringy because she would always find excuses to sing. But yeah, it fits into that narrative of like, oh, musicals are cringy. Yeah, they are. But you know what? People still like... <laughs> you gotta be yourself, <laughs> man. Like, what the fuck ever? And it's interesting because I remember my roommate in San Francisco, her sister was also in that class at mm-hmm. NYU. And I remember her telling me, she's like, yeah, Lady Gaga would like get on the piano and just like sing all the time. And everyone who wasn't a hater was like that. Like they were like, it was just well understood. Like that person is going to be famous. Yeah. Yeah. We will all get to say we witnessed it. Yep. Like her, my roommate's sister was like stoked on it. She was like, yeah, we, it was like cool to watch. Like you could just see someone be like from another planet yeah like, no yeah. Gosh, just she was like yeah, yeah. you could tell <laughs> this coming out like the same day that they're like mean girls doesn't want to say that it's a musical and i'm someone who's been like oh musicals i don't like musicals no just call- it's musical just say it's a musical Who cares? yeah why why it's try been- to trick someone into watching it that's the weird part like Let's all live in our cringe. It's just completely like Natalie fine. and I were saying before this podcast. So uh, I struggle sometimes to watch period pieces with British accents. I just—it's hard for me to get my brain there. That's not even racist. It's just You're racist. Is it anti-intellectual? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, there's times where I'm like, uh, like the idea of a musical. I'm just like, it's too much. But then I get sucked right in. That's how my cousin feels about, uh, well, back in the day when they, when Tyler Perry used to do the Medea plays, he would be like, I like the plays. I just hate the singing. <laughs> like he can't <laughs> stand the singing. He wants the plot and that's it. Like none of this well, fucking breaking my, out in song and dance. I was the band kid 
and my sister did all the plays. So the, the and I, one of my best friends was always like the star of all the plays, the musicals. So I get that there's that like Leah Michelle-ness of it all. But mm-hmm. then later in life, when I matured and got more brain cells, I was like, you know, these Glee songs are pretty catchy. And, you know, my mom raised us on the music, man. I'm like, that's a musical. Um, <laughs> then I see Wicked, which was apparently Lady Gaga's weapon of choice. And I'm like, those are some catchy songs. Look towards the western sky. Can you imagine the little, like, yeah. and I say little because Lady Gaga's, what, 5'2"? Just yeah. in there tearing it up. At this time, like, to this weird bachelor girl's point, she was just Stephanie. She wasn't yeah. wearing a meat dress. She wasn't doing anything weird. She just was a musical theater nerd. She was a nerdy musical kid. kid who could like, play the piano and exactly. sing. You don't want to be around people like that. Do not go to NYU or probably anywhere where you're a musical theater student. But at least at NYU, that's like the creme de la creme. Right. It's like going right. to Juilliard and being like, God, everyone here's God, so stop annoying. Stop playing your fucking clarinet, asshole. Why are you all dancing? Sit down. Yeah. Um, before we jump into this episode, I have to tell you this really funny story about Greg. He's asked this before. And this is the only reason I had such a visceral response. I'm like, you've <laughs> asked this dumb question before. The answer is no. He, so we're having dinner last night. And he's like, hey. Is it true that Dave Chappelle and Buster Rhymes own Dave and Buster's? I'm like, no, what the fuck? And this is the scary part is this is the second time you've asked this. Where where are you getting this from, Boomer? He's like, I thought so. But then I heard on a radio station based in Atlanta and I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right. I'm like, David, Dave Chappelle and Buster Rhymes do not own Dave and Buster's. Like, I feel like. I'm disturbed that this is the second time we're having this conversation. No, they don't. Like, what is going on? Oh and my then God. we wonder why people are so easily believe propaganda and things they just see on the news or in a news feed. This is why. Right that there. That makes me laugh so hard because there's <laughs> like this really famous Kenny Main, the like sportscaster, <laughs> made a video. They recently like redid it. Mm-hmm. Um, when Marshawn Lynch joined Thursday Night Football, mm-hmm. uh, they like redid it. But his like rookie year, they made a oh. like mockumentary where they go to Buffalo. Yes, he, Lynch was drafted to Buffalo. Yes, and they went to Applebee's. <laughs> right? Chain restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> so it's literally my favorite thing in the world. Sometimes I just watch it if I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> and Marshawn Lynch, which is like Applebee's and Dave and Buster's and all that Marshawn shit. Marshawn Lynch's favorite restaurant is Dave and Buster's. <laughs> it's, he thought it was named after his favorite athletes, Buster Douglas. <laughs> like, what is this? Why do people think Dave and Buster is like named after famous people or pay- famous people run it? I don't, I don't understand that. Where is this coming from? Who's pushing this narrative? And my dad was dead ass serious. Like, hey, I got to talk to you about something. Greg. I got to ask Greg. you something important. Does Dave Greg, you're an accomplished man. Your wife was an educator. I literally <laughs> snapped. I was like, you've asked a stupid question before. Like, don't go out in the world talking like this. Like, I'm glad you brought it to me. But, like, we got to think. I think when Dave and Buster started, like, Dave Chappelle and Buster Rhymes had to be like, 
teenagers. Are I didn't want to say that, but I was also like, also, there's no fucking way possible this could even happen timeline wise. Like, what? Ugh. I need you to think. I was so <laughs> frustrated by that question. Like, my head was hurting. I'm like, well, and to Greg's credit, because I have dealt with this with Bucky, they don't get that you can just Google stuff. Google's your friend, and it's my free. dad almost. Almost after a year, <laughs> understands searching things on Facebook. <laughs> I say that loosely. I think yeah. it's more that he like he'll type in like Alvin Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever bar is there. Yeah, and just click on something. Like he doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah, or my mom. And he on Facebook. thinks he's like looking up YouTube. Like he's, <laughs> he thinks he's like on the world wide, like web. the world wide web, not just searching on Facebook. Yeah, and even then, it's like. He barely grasped the concept. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't let someone, like, die that's famous. My mom's telling me, and I'm like, they died five years ago, Vicky. Like, this <laughs> yeah, is nothing. She's like, Michael Jackson died? Yeah. He's been dead for, like, a smooth 10 years. Like, come <laughs> the fuck on. Oh, raising boomers. If you're a millennial raising a boomer, or a Gen X are even raising a boomer. God fucking bless you. I was getting my hair highlighted when Michael Jackson died at this place in Slow that, like, was literally called, like, I don't know, Records Hair or something. Like, the lady was, like, really obsessed with music. Records The whole, like, aesthetic was vinyl. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, like, all over the wall and, like... She stopped and started crying on the phone, like, Yes, her mom died. No, it was Michael Jackson. Yes, and like half, <laughs> half my head is foiled with bleach. And she won't stop crying and she's calling all these people. And I'm like, I'd love for you to wash out this there. out, right? <laughs> Can we wash <laughs> this out? Can you cry and wash this out, please? Like, at the same um, time, and, I mean, this is I mean, fairly like impactful celebrity death but like can can you take the bleach out of my hair <laughs> i was a student or assistant the other side like cry while you do the other side like please like the times table is pretty small here we're talking yeah like- we have a lot small window babe go ahead and cry and wash me out i was a student assistant at my college and the, uh, my friend who brian who's gay i'm trying to paint a picture and i mean like gay like i mean like jack mcfarlane gay he's in the theater all that shit um (laughs) michael jackson died and we're at work so he's a permanent employee i'm a student assistant and he's like folding papers at the front desk and all of a sudden he just puts the papers down covers his face cries and goes in the conference room to cry and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I'm just like, everyone's losing their mind. Like you said, yes, it's an impactful death because it's Michael Jackson. But my God, like the Gen Xers were not okay that day. Yeah, no, she was not good. And it, it worked out okay. Somehow my hair survived that incident. But I was like, I'm like a freshman in college. Like put, scraped together some pennies to get my hair done. I'm like, ah. Have you heard about Michael? Michael Jackson died. Ah, let's jump into this. Back to this terrible episode. I know. Let's go into the episode. So this episode is episode six, season four. It starts in Palm Springs for Easter weekend. Um, This show, the way they structure everything, it's just so all over the place. I say it all the time. A broken record, but like even Easter in Palm Springs. We didn't like nothing happened. Nothing even like Easter related. Who the hell was there? 
Like, did they do an Easter egg hunt? Did, was was there, there an Easter egg hunt? Where's everyone's dad? Where's everyone's father? Where are the fathers? What did um that kid that like, uh, where are the fathers? There's no fathers in the house. <laughs> like, where are the fathers in this family? Jesus. Well, it was definitely like, I was, like I said, I was listening back to our episode we just recorded. And like, yeah, it's like you look at the housewives are married to medicine. And it's like, yes, an event is organized. They're yeah. speaking of. Easter, Angie on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City did a Greek Orthodox Easter, and like her dad's there, the priest is there, like Monica and her weird ass mom getting a fight, like stuff happens. It's like I'm not asking to not have stuff planned and kind of like orchestrated, yeah, but it's like four people (laughs) in one dining room (laughs) of a house. That's it. That's it. Happening. And like part of the reason it works on Housewives or like Married to Medicine or any of these other like reality shows is that the either they're at a public place or there's other randos like Monica's crazy mom get pulled into the mix to add some flavor. Yeah. And we get no like explanation. There's no Kendall. Once like I said, no nobody's dad is there. Um I don't know what kid was there. Like the kids were, I didn't see Kim's kids at all. Were they with like, Kanye? It's like just, we're back in COVID lockdown times where <laughs> exactly. they're just moving between compounds. Yeah. Without explanation. It's like, okay, well, in COVID, we knew why you were moving between compounds. And not to say that COVID doesn't still exist because it does, but <laughs> yeah. The world's different than it was during that time. Why are you just moving from different living rooms with no explanation? No, nothing. I mean, uh, um, Kim and Courtney said they're good, which really means, and Kim said this, they just kind of swept it under a rug, which, yeah, very unhealthy. I'm glad they admitted it. I was like, you guys need some fucking help. Um, Also, I don't understand why Tristan is here. Again, something we're not getting an explanation about. At most, I think Chloe said she's letting him be the father he wants to be. I don't understand why he is here. That doesn't make sense to me. Explain it to me. Ever. But what if we lived in a world where they're like, yeah, he doesn't have a basketball contract right now. So we signed him on to this fucking season. So you guys are going to have to deal with it because it's the only way that Chloe is going to get child support. And fuck Jordan and that other woman. They're not going to get child support at all. I did, I, and they don't exist. And then here's another like dis, I don't want to say disturbing. That's dramatic. But something I raised an eyebrow at when she was talking about how her and Tristan bought these lots together in Palm Springs. Okay, so you bought the lot. So you went into business, so to speak, with a man you can't even trust in a relationship. And then she's like, he's so stubborn. I hope he buys me out and then I won't build. Because they don't want to build. The whole conversation was so confusing. I'm like, so confusing. Because she's like, I don't even want to build. And she's like, hopefully he'll just sell it to me. Wait, what? Okay, what? If you don't want to build. Why do you want him to sell you a fucking lot? Like, then what? you sell it to him. Chloe loves to just say, this is why I get frustrated with her because she loves to say these like mental gymnastic type statements mm-hmm. to prove how much she doesn't want to be involved with Tristan. It's like, I don't want to build. But maybe he'll sell his portion to me. So what? You can have an empty lot. 
Right. So you can build. You want them to sell it so you can build. Also, again, I would love to have a timeline. Are you obsessed with the idea of being permanently bound to him? Exactly. Like, I don't want to build him. Maybe he'll sell him to me. But I don't want to build. I would love you to just, know that, like the thought impact. Process. You just yeah. like the idea of being permanently bound to him. Especially when it's he's like Especially when she's like, I don't know what he's thinking if we're going to build together and have a house together or just kind of co-op. I don't know. But I guess we'll just wait each other out and see who breaks first. I'm like, what are we talking about? You bought the lot knowing he was a cheater. You can't convince me you bought this lot before the cheating and all that. That's crazy. It kind of reminds me of um, (laughs) Drag Race. RuPaul had his, he just puts on his little Ayana hat. Yeah. when doing the like walk around and there's an episode like this is back in the day when Katya was on before all stars and Katya was like addicted to like heroin Ooh. And, yes but, uh, that Katya is she's um, the one that goes um she has the catchphrase doesn't she maybe not oh no maybe not Katya and Trixie have like a okay there it is like a YouTube a channel yeah together. yeah yes there it is um, and her first season, she was like super anxious because she had she had been sober for a little while and like being in that environment was like really overwhelming, blah, blah, blah. And RuPaul putting on the Ayanla hat was like, I think you're addicted to the anxiety. <laughs> Just like you were addicted to drugs. It's like you've removed the drugs and now you're addicted to this feeling of angst and yeah. not being good enough and whatever yet yet because yeah. your body wants to be addicted to something yeah 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 it caught you was like wow that blew my mind like and <laughs> reframe stuff that's how i feel with chloe it's like she's addicted to this constant being like i just i don't know what trust sounds silly but it's like if she really needed to be free of that like anvil that he is tied to her ankle she would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's just keeping like, him hanging around. her identity be without that? It's like she's exactly. addicted to him. That's not to blame her. I think that there's a lot of psychological damage that has been done. So yes. this isn't to blame her. It's just an outside observer being like, I feel like she doesn't know what she would do if she was just like, Tristan, sell your fucking shit to me or I am selling this myself. Exactly. Exactly. There's no, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't want to build, but like maybe he'll give it to me. And then I don't know what to do with this empty lot. It's like last episode when we said nothing is definite. She can never just be like, it's a no, it's a never going to happen. It's always like, well, we'll see. (laughs) We all know those Chloe's in our lives. We've all been a Chloe. We still love, but yeah, are addicted to that suffering. They yeah, are yeah. stuck in the place of like, what is my identity if I looked for a solution to this thing? Exactly. Me, exactly. You know? That I <laughs> mean that that's yeah. scary to be like, well, what if I just cut this fucking idiot out and figured out a way to parent my child where she didn't have trauma from losing her dad or something? Like plenty of other people who've gone through divorces. Yeah, that that lot shit was just insane, an (laughs) insane conversation. It was very weird. And you know, thinking about this too, like you look at like Natalie's background has Scott in it. And so you think about that with Tristan too, it's like 
maybe that is why he's on the show because he couldn't get his basketball contract. Like LeBron, at the time, LeBron wasn't able to like get someone to sign him for no reason. At least we give Scott so much shit for being this like loaf, but I at least believe that Scott's out there, like putting his name on stuff and like trying to invest. Like maybe not. Maybe he's not a smart investor or an entrepreneur, but I am. I imagine Scott is like, sure, I'll put my name behind that. Like trying to put money into something that will grow into something else. I there is no part of me that feels like Tristan is making any effort. Yeah, Tristan feels. Tristan feels more like he's riding the coattails or trying to stay associated. The broadcasting thing, I guarantee Chris orchestrated that. No, she said she did. She admitted that like a couple episodes ago. you orchestrated it because this man can't do anything. A goddamn thing. He can't play basketball by himself. He can't even go to his brother's doctor's appointment. He was a coattail writer as yeah. a basketball player, which is his only profession. Right. He's so yeah, like on my nerves. And I hate that he's in every episode. I already said I'm gonna write Hulu a letter. Like, how fucking dare you? How dare you put us through this? Um, so and after Chris, like held him at gunpoint, like he has to be in this because not a single person wanted this. And in fact, they probably lost people watching it because he's in it and right. they're trying to tell us he's special and great. And then meanwhile, Courtney's like, I'm repulsed by him. And now my daughter's repulsed. by him. <laughs> like, and meanwhile, they're like, okay, that's cool. Um, and all Chris cares about is like her weird delusion of fixing her guilt about cheating back in the day. And getting Chloe her child support payments. Like, that's all they care about. I don't... What other logic does this make sense? Who's the main producer over there? Paxi? Paxi? You will crumble for this. (laughs) Rock Nation! Rock Nation! You will crumble! That's how I feel about Paxi right now. How fucking dare you? All of you over there. Um, After the lot conversation Courtney had with uh, Chloe, and we went into a little bit the lot conversation Chloe had with Tristan at Courtney's house, but we don't have to go over that later. But Kim announces that she's going to be an American Horror Story, and we finally get the story of how how this happened. And to nobody's surprise, there was no audition, which I, I didn't think there was. Apparently, Ryan Murphy and his husband went to Chris's house for dinner, and you know, Kim didn't even want to go to this dinner. She was like, she I was need- like, I'm so busy studying for law school. I just, I, I can't. Acting me? And I Ryan can't. wrote the role for her. So I was like, Kim, you have to go. <laughs> and then she came to dinner and was convinced to do the role. Because guess what? Ryan wrote the role just for her. Can like, you believe? No, I would never do <laughs> anything that might give me more credibility or attention. I would never do that. I'm just so, so busy being a single mom and studying for the bar exam for the 17th. Twist my arm. Like, okay, fine. I would never do anything like I, that. I, I'm still in school and I should be done with that. I've got two more Kim, classes. Challenge. Challenge to Kim. What would you say no to? <laughs> That's a good one. Not what would you say yes to? What would you say no what to? What would you say no to? Especially Ryan Murphy has an extremely popular TV franchise. Oh, never. Oh, but uh, Scott, you want me to post a scam about uh, getting Louis Vuitton on Instagram? Okay. Kim has been outside this week, by the way. She went to like three events this week. And I'm like, girl. Sit down. I like how she and they kind of made fun of her when she was like, I'm just so excited to get out of Calabasas. And they're like, when are you home? Like, yeah. at least I called her out. I was like, yeah. girl, like, 
you can say I was nervous to act or I was worried the, you know, comments on the internet would be like, she can't act. Say that. Don't be like, oh, I was so busy. I would never. I didn't even want to go to the dinner. Um, also, no. too, I loved how she's talking. Like, I love how she's talking about law school. And then you hear Chloe like off camera go, I can't wait for that to be over. Like, she's like, I cannot wait for you to yeah, be like, done. Like, with law for real. How long have you been in law school? <laughs> Chloe's like, I cannot wait for this shit to be over because I'm so tired of your little goddamn law school girl. It's been five years. <laughs> Chloe is addicted <laughs> to suffering and being a martyr. Kim is addicted to not finishing something she started so that she can use it as something interesting whenever the conversation comes up. And actually, that's a good point to bring up later when we talk about quote-unquote prison reform because I had a hard time watching her and Malika do whatever they were doing. I, every time they do anything on that, I want to throw a fucking Yeah, I was like, um, so after that lunch, I don't know what's going on. levelness of that section. I can't wait till we get to it. Yeah, and after the lunch, I don't know what. We're going to call it because, again, there's no real explanation on what they're doing. I'm going to say it was a lunch. And then somehow Kim ended up in a bikini at Courtney's house in Palm Springs. <laughs> now we got that there. Sequence was interesting to me for yeah. two reasons. One, I felt like Courtney seemed very present and like not sympathetic, but empathetic. Like yeah. Courtney seemed like. Oh, interesting. Like, let's talk about it. Giving solutions. Painted as like a garbage person this entire time. (laughs) She seemed like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, like she seemed like she was really trying to be present for this conversation. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. It seemed like a normal conversation with two people with the same struggles. Conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Basically, I thought was like, why do they splice these conversations? (laughs) Because one second Kim's talking and Clothes and then one second she's talking in this hot blue bikini that was like two sizes like, too small in the chest area. Is this the same day? Is this a continued conversation? I have no idea what's going on. Well, the only reason I knew it was Good Friday is because you heard Courtney tell you know Tristan, "Hey, Happy Good Friday," and I'm like, "What? What are we doing here? I I don't know what's going on." This conversation, maybe because I was writing while I was watching it, the first like thirty minutes of this show had so much dialogue. It was just all talking, and I'm just like, oh, my God. No, my I can brain. promise you, I know other times I say I don't pay attention to this show. I was watching it, and I was like, why do they keep cutting to the different, clearly different conversations yeah. <laughs> with no explanation? And, like, None. I find if the subject matter is similar, but, like, and, again, their idea that they're a documentary. In a documentary, there'd be, like, a a break in the screen would be like on October 3rd, <laughs> yeah. you know, or something like that. Or like we've pieced together conversation. No, it's just like, it's literally cutting us if it's from the same scene. And we're like, we've changed houses for God's sakes. Like, even if they were like, and now I went over to Courtney's house because I wanted to visit with her and talk to her about parenting. Talking about what we were talking about the other day. No, it's just like, just boom. Sliced. And just like, boom. We're at court. I've had such a hard day with the kids. I'm like, what? I'm like, did I miss something? How did we get here? But whatever, we're here. And Kim and Courtney are talking about parenting. And they're both talking about their struggles with their kids. Specifically when they go to their dad's house. And then they come back. Two things about that. 
one, I feel like in any divorce situation, kind of to Courtney's point was it all falls on the more available parent. Like, yeah, they're going to go to their dad's house for a minute and think it's so cool because it's something different. And like, isn't this so amazing? We've got no security over there. And I think most, mostly Sir Kim's kids probably appreciate the one-on-one time and not having a bunch of people around all the time. I thought I kind of chuckled because I, I feel like, of course, the internet was like, see, Kim's kids want normalcy. And I'm like, you think that being at Kanye's house, like, what Apartment. amount of residence does Kanye have <laughs> is more stable? Like, no, don't don't give that man extra credit. Now, do the kids feel detached from Kim because she doesn't know how to, like, be intimate with them? Probably. Yeah. But I'm not a child of divorce, but I'm my parents are my mom at least and my you know you know people where you go over to the dad's house or the mom's house or whatever parent has less custody Mm -hmm. let's be realistic even if my mom went out of town and my dad was in charge he'd be like yeah you can eat cereal and watch nickelodeon until midnight yeah and that's not even a gender role thing it just the reality is is like my mom was generally the person who enforced the rules and my dad was the one who was like whatever your mom says you know yeah kids like the parent that lets them get away with stuff more the more laid back parent it's just what it is they're kids they don't know what the fuck they're talking about um i thought a little shade she was like it's great you can make ramen yeah oh you make we get to make our own food oh it's great you make top ramen good for you i think it's funny that courtney's kids (laughs) I think it's more interesting that Courtney's kids give her such a hard time because Courtney prides herself on like leading with love and gentle parenting and the Disset kids are still like, fuck you. We're going to Scott's where yeah. the vibes are better, which is hilarious that they tell her that, that the vibes are better. Well, I felt like it was interesting hearing them talk because Courtney said at one point, like, I'm, I'm trying to do the work. I'm trying to like unlearn the things about our mom when they were saying like, Kim is more like Chris. Yeah, frazzled. But unfortunately, and I think, again, my parents could probably be good examples of this, where they're like, both in different ways, try to be different than their parents. Mm -hmm. That can be helpful, but it can also be like, maybe overcorrect. And I think with Courtney, she's like trying to do this sort of lead with love thing. But like, as we've learned, because her kids are out there like biting people, maybe they need a little bit more structure or feedback or like discipline and then kim is just like repeating her mom and being like i get flustered and then i'm annoyed and then they make you know north tells me to go to my room and i do you know it's like yeah because i was like thinking regardless yeah regardless of their different parenting styles specifically just kim and courtney all y'all kids are bad as fuck so nothing's working (laughs) They're all, the fact that they can tell their parent your house fucking sucks or like, I hate you. Or like North giving Kim the silent treatment because she hasn't got a solo trip. Like all the kids are fucking bad. Like they're in control and that's not right. They're all in control. You should, I'm the boss. No, they're still developing. They need their parents to be like, no, that's not how it works. And like, this is the boundary and this is why, and this is the consequence. None of them, like all three of them. And then Chloe's the one who seemed like seems like this like angel nurturer, which we see later in the episode. And her kids are manipulating her too. <laughs> They're like, 
they all don't have any boundaries with yeah i'm like why are we talking about parenting there's no consequences there's no explaining things and why the way they are it's like they're like waiting for their kids to tell them how to be and And also in a slightly different way and none of them are working (laughs) and all y'all got nannies and all this like full-time help and i can understand like sometimes kids just want you don't get me wrong but Y'all aren't like full-time parents in the way traditional parenting is. So it's hard for me to be like, you poor baby, when you're just like, I need well, a day off. If they have time when it's not with a nanny, each of them are stepping into that role where it's like, Kim's like trying to be their best friend and do TikToks and then is annoyed by them. Courtney's like, you can do whatever you want. What do you want to do? And the kids will be like, I want you to fuck off and give me <laughs> And then Chloe's like, Oh my gosh, like let me do every single thing for you possible. Like, do you want me to cut the crust off the sandwiches? Like, do you want me to like you we stay at pre-K all day with you? Yeah, do you want me to sit in the parking lot? Well, she's the smother. We said last week. Yeah. She if anyone yeah. would be the smother, it's her. Kim's more like, all right, go play over there. Like, and leave like, me alone. Like, oh, it'd be so fun if I post this TikTok and people like me, and then she's like, Oh my god, they like actually want to be around me. I, yeah, I'm just like, why are we talking about parenting styles? All your kids are fucking bad. Like, Saint, Saint and Rain flip off the paparazzi. I don't exactly know where to put Kylie in this whole debacle. But yeah. Chloe, Kim, and Courtney have been transparent with their parenting styles. And it parenting sucks. And it's hard. I'm not saying they're not bad people if they're having struggles with it. But as an outsider... And again, they're offering this on the show. So we're offering our takeaways. You can see the ways which they're all trying to like overcorrect how they were raised. Yeah. And none of them, I think, are effective. Well, it's interesting. The credit of at least trying to go to therapy. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's working. The other two are very like, that's not a real thing. Well, it's interesting because, again, those stories flip-flop because just like an episode or two ago, Kim's like, oh, my mom was like not strict with us. So that's why I have a hard time being strict with saying. Now we get to this episode and like, yeah, Chris was like, get over here and yank our arm. And I'm like, so what's the fucking truth? Like, I can't keep up anymore. The storylines just change all the time. Was she strict or not? What is it? I will say mother sometimes listens to this podcast uh (laughs) mother and chris share the same birthday uh scorpios and i do get the sense of like i think my mom always had like a hard time being the disciplinarian Mm -hmm. like she almost like resented that she needed to be the disciplinarian that would be me i can't discipline kids want to be the disciplinarian Mm -hmm. And then she'd be, like, annoyed when, like, my dad got to be, like, the goofy, like, fun parent. And one, yeah. Good cop, bad cop. We were were the one who knew, like, my mom actually, like, carried a checkbook and would, like, sign our permission slips and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, we knew mom was in charge. Yeah. But, like, dad makes funny jokes, you know? Yeah. So there was a part of it that didn't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. But then there would be those times where, like, he'd be at the store and my mom would be, like, I'm gonna fucking kill you if you don't yeah. shut up right now. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. get I feel like I can sense that 
that struggle that they probably experienced with Chris, where it's like she wants to be them all to like her. She wants to manage them. She wants to like be the mom, but then she's also the mom that's like wants to be in control, make sure everything works, and everything's like going to to plan. Well, same sentiment as I have with uh, Kim and Courtney. Chris's kids are bad as fuck too. Like, so yeah, strict, not strict. Your kids are disasters as well. Your so, kids have so many complexes. <laughs> right, your parenting wasn't great either. Apparently, nobody's parenting over there. So yeah. it is what it is. Um. So after that, I guess Chloe called. They're in a golf cart and they want to pick up Penelope and Courtney. Or court, yeah, Courtney says Penelope Tristan's with him. Is that okay? And then Courtney explains to the producer that. Penelope feels a way about Tristan because she feels a way and she's triggered by him. And sometimes she can't be around him. And other times she just lets it go because she wants peace. And it's like, finally, somebody in this fucking family it. with some goddamn it? sense. Camille Grammer from Real Houses. And now we've said it. <laughs> exactly. Now we've said it. And now we've said it. Find a fucking leave because it's not normal to be this engaged with someone who has done your sister so dirty, like there's politeness and just, you know, having manners. And then there's just being completely enthralled with him, which Kim and Chris and the rest of those weirdos are with him. And I'm glad Courtney at least is like, look, like we've seen I can't some do it. Clips, but they're going to get into a conversation later. Yeah. Even in this moment, Courtney wasn't like, I hate that fucking guy. Yeah. She was like, sometimes it's hard for me to like, She's like, I get triggered. It's hard for me to, like, pretend everything's okay. Like, she didn't say anything super disparaging. You just yeah. got the sense that she wasn't really over what he had, like, put Chloe through. Yeah. So, when he would randomly show up to stuff, it was hard for her. Yeah. And, of course, like, that's a very normal thing, too, for a kid to pick up on that. Yeah. And, you know, kudos for to Courtney trying to be like, are you cool with this, P? Yeah. You know? But it's like, yeah, she didn't even have to say anything like, I hate that fucking guy. She just, like, sometimes, like, when he's around, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she I've, kept I it cute. Like I've had that experience even with people I like or love, but, like, something bad happened. Like, I had, like, a friend whose boyfriend cheated on him, but it was, like, a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And, and they stayed together. And it was, like, I wouldn't want to, like, go to things where they were together mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I, I it wasn't like I was like I fucked that guy I hate him I was just like I just I I don't want to deal with the weirdness yeah and every time we go to somewhere where everyone was all together the cheater would always like come up to me and like try to be Mr. Nice Guy I like kick it yeah yeah and yeah. like he really wanted my validation yeah yeah like I'm keeping the peace because my friend decided to stay with you and I'm not judging her yeah and I feel like you're trying to get something out of me mm-hmm. that I don't want to give you. So it's like, I felt that in that moment with Courtney, mm-hmm. where it's like, she's not even trying to say this guy sucks. She's willing to be a team player, but it's like, yeah, sometimes you're just like being around that energy. You're just like, I would prefer not to. It's not exactly. like I'm like in a hard state. It's just like, if I had a choice to like n- not have that weird feeling for the day, and I, I would choose it. <laughs> And it speaks more to what we keep talking about of why is he around? Like he's, he's around yeah. more than just like in a co-parent way. Like it's a little much. No, it's a lot He's invited much. to the birthday parties and Christmas. Great. Whatever. 
Yeah. But he, you are laying it on thick. You're shoving exactly. them down our throats at every possible opportunity. Yeah. I would be like, why are we doing all that? Why, why are you here for Easter? Where are your Who other are you children? Why? What are you proving? <laughs> Who are they proving it to? Why are you proving it to? Like, just, there's this weird hard wiring in probably coming from Chris's head. And especially after the last couple episodes, I'm starting to think maybe it's out of Chris's guilt on cheating on Robert. That, like, we have to do this. Like, we have to, like, make right by it. And it's like, if you say these are the boundaries, we have people pick each other up at different times. This is our custody agreement. We're all family, so you can come to the Christmas party. You can come to da 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 Where in that says we're insufferable mean bitches who hate Tristan. Yeah. Nowhere. But they have this complex that if they're not like a complete absolute doormat to this man who's treated them like garbage, that they seem like frigid bitches that hate men and like are bitter. And I'm sure it's just like one of those things, well, he wants to be around versus like Travis Scott, right? So they're like, well, at least he wants to be there for you, Chloe. But I'm glad... Courtney's like, not I'm into not that horrible video into it. today of Travis Scott with Stormy at the concert. And Stormy's like, I've never met this man. Right. I'm just like, a really like flying thing, like the elevated stage. I she don't was know. scared out of her mind. Yeah. She like, does. <laughs> She's like, I'd love to go backstage. Thank you so much. This I has been know, terrible. Like, the, does the writer have like Twizzlers in it? Because I would like to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Take me back to that fucking ranch I was at with Chris. I'd rather do that. Yeah, like it was just yeah. It's he doesn't need to be so involved. Well, the crazy part too is that Chloe was like, "Oh yeah, Penelope has her feelings. I'm not going to talk her out of it because those are justified, and she should know that this isn't but how she should be treated." Yeah, but also we're here to pick you up in a golf cart and hang out. Like he's what a close fucking he's confusing in the message. Could he have stayed home? Right. Like, it seems like they're picking her up to go to their house to go to the pool yeah. or whatever. Why is she in there? He doesn't yeah. need to be there. What? And put a shirt on. He, he has such an annoying and he wants to be walk. there. Be like, hey, Penelope, I'm your best friend. Hey, Penelope. Hey, Penelope. Yeah. That's something you learn in therapy as well, Chloe. You refuse to go. People will demand validation out of you when they feel like they've done something wrong and it gives yeah. you. Tremendous amount of anxiety. It's dis. What's the word? Discarding? No. Disingenuous. It's, it is disingenuous. <laughs> um, but it like makes you feel violated. Like it, okay, it, it breaches your guard. Yeah. Where it's like someone is de- even indirectly needing a reaction from you, needing yeah. a validation. Like we're cool. Approval. Like you, you forgive me. We're out it's of the, like, we're, and we're in the clear, the lack right? Lack of approval from me doesn't yes. mean I hate your guts and I want to like burn your house down. But you needing something out of me is, yeah, what's the word? Not selfish, but it's, yeah, it's take something away. It's like emotional yeah. labor. Yeah. It's, you've taken something from this person who doesn't and a child nonetheless yeah it's like i don't want to be like hey cool uncle tristan doesn't mean she hates your guts yeah she just probably just want to hang out with you and chloe's the person that's a boundary also chloe something you would learn in therapy 
Chloe could be like, I'll come get the girls. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. FYI. Tristan's at the house. He might hang out if she's cool with that. Yeah. No, he's driving the fucking golf cart without <laughs> a shirt and being like annoying and probably like, hey, P, what's up? I'm your cool uncle. Like, and asking for a tour of Courtney's house. Like, get the fuck out. Like, well, why, why, why did you even it? come in? Be Ugh. less present. Read right. The right. Right. Oh, well, but I mean, when you have the license to be in everyone's faces, and then that's what happens. So then, well, and, and I feel like people like that, like Tristan, also recognize when people like Courtney put a boundary up, they that much more want to be like, oh my God, Courtney doesn't like me. I really need Courtney and Pete to now yeah, be like, exactly. I'm going to be right. extra, extra, put it on thick so they'll accept me. Like, they're the last people I need to get on board with this. Yeah. Everyone else is on board. It's like, oh God. Don't you have your own family? Where is your Why don't you figure out how to get a job? And that's another thing. They didn't really mention the brother. Did he go to Palm Springs? Like, what's... No. <laughs> Who the fuck was in Palm Springs? When Give us some answers. there when it's not convenient? Who? Another crazy part of this episode, just all of a sudden, we're back at Kim's house. Like, literally the next scene, we're just... And it said Los Angeles. They don't live in Los Angeles. That was weird, too. It's Calabasas, which is not Los Angeles, but whatever. They're just back at Kim's house. We get no explanation about, like, Easter. Just we're back at Kim's house, and her and North are cooking a very chaotic cooking scene because North is making, like, a cucumber roll and Kim's and fried like, chicken. Zucchini. And you're like... What? Kim's frying chicken and Norse making a cucumber roll and acting like a fucking chaotic Gemini that she is. (laughs) I've never been more annoyed with Kim. Well, that's not even, I don't even know how I have to erase my memories, but I was especially annoyed with Kim. She's like, you know, North is all these things. She's like a genius and she's like perfect and like out of this world. And she's cutting a cucumber that turns out to be a zucchini. Um, but I have to just stick to what I know. <laughs> fried chicken. Oh my God. She loves fried chicken. What you girl. know, what you probably don't even cook well. And you learned when you were with Kanye so that you could force Lil Wayne and Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. Kevin to eat Hart. You. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin like, Hart, you know like, I'm going to stick to the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to. Soul food. <laughs> I'm just going to cook what I know. So Shut the fuck up. up. I thought it was funny. Well, first of all, let's just talk about North eating an onion like an apple, like a complete fucking maniac. What a fucking lunatic that girl is. Or a Gemini, whatever. She doesn't even do that. She's just like, she's figured out she's on the cameras and she does something insane. Her mom gives her extra attention. So she does it. Right. She's like, what can I do? Oh, I'll just eat an onion like an apple. Also, I loved how like the producer's like, what do you think about the work your mom does? And she's like, what does she do? Like, what are we yeah. talking about? What? Why would North know the difference from when you leave with Malika for a day to go to a prison versus when you leave for a day to shoot some stupid Swarovski crystal campaign? Why would North know the difference of that? North she doesn't care. Legit was like, what the fuck does she do? She just goes to events. Am I missing something? Like, she's and then she thought it was like out for something that I have care little about. <laughs> and then back, we live in a compound and there's like 47 staff and I told her to go to her room and she does. She doesn't even cook. What does she do? Remember, she's like, oh, we should call the chef. In. No, we're going to do it ourselves. Like North is fed the fuck up with help. She's like, 
we can do things ourselves. But I thought that was funny. And then the explanation Kim gave her was like, I pay it forward and, you know, give back and stuff. And North was like, well, that's good. If that's what you're doing, more power to you. I guess. Kim's like, well, Robert Kardashian used to drive us to Skid Row and we would like do things for people. Speaking of Robert Kardashian, when um, (laughs) Kim was trying to explain to the family who Ryan Murphy was, And she's like, oh, remember he did say that that little interesting show on OJ and Courtney goes, oh, where Ross played dad. The fact that she called him Ross and not David Schwimmer was hilarious. Well, and like, (laughs) they always center themselves. Like, right. With Kim being like, oh, genocide is so bad. By the way, I'm Armenian. (laughs) Which isn't a horrible connection to make because yeah we don't need to go back all into that yeah probably not but, yeah i mean like of all the things ross has or ross has made <laughs> ryan murphy has made he's made plenty of things right not glee like, <laughs> you don't bring up glee or american story story in and of itself is probably one of ryan murphy's most famous franchises right he she says the oj and then Courtney saying, "Oh, thing was good, and I guess that it was fair family. She could have been like, I feel a connection to Ryan because he did this movie about our dad, about Uncle OJ. Yeah, and like we were involved, and that you know, my mom got really close with Soma Blair and stuff. She could have made it just like, yeah, you know, love got close or something, especially when he did." The, no, she's like, remember he made that one thing about our dad and like Ross from Friends was on it? Anyways, I'm in a hell. I just, I don't know why that killed me. She said, oh, Ross played dad. Ah, hilarious. Okay, so back to court, uh, Kim and them cook, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the next scene was Chris taking the kids on a farm and Chloe followed them. We will not be talking about that. I, I refuse. I will say uh, the thing that pissed me off about that entire little side thing again i like when they do these little shenanigan thingies it could have been lighthearted and fun chloe kevin like i don't know how her mom could handle them and she made it sound like she was gonna have literally all the grandkids she had two of them at a ranch with multiple staff i was like yeah, okay but they had a driver for god's sakes and Chris is in the back like, wow, there are snacks in here. Yeah, whatever. Chloe is so good at packing snacks. Yeah, she had a staff member pack that. (laughs) Anyways, they all look like they were having a perfectly good time. What freaked me out is kids, the kids break the fourth wall. Like, the kids aren't acting. When Chloe showed up, they were being little manipulative bitches. (laughs) And God knows what emails I will get for that. I'm not saying kids are bitches. I'm saying I know, including my own nieces and nephews, when they turn on the like act and the be come save me act, yeah, they were acting perfectly fine. And as soon as Chloe came up, up, they were like grabbing onto her leg, like, "Oh my god, I'm so scared!" Oh my, Lovey made us pet a donkey. Ugh. It was like they were fine like thirty seconds earlier. I was like, everything about this is extremely unhealthy. That's what Chris <laughs> and, said. It makes me uncomfortable. Chris was like, they weren't even thinking about her. And then they she shows up. And remember, Stormy was like, 
lovey made true look at the animals <laughs> she's a monster it would have been one thing if it was like they were at lovey's house and like chris was making them like do chores or something and then chloe shows up and has like cookies and they're like oh my god we love you chloe no it was like all this they were like crying yeah they like they were like, huh, huh. like oh my god i'm so scared oh my god i'm so scared we're gonna lovey stay with you I was like, this is something about this is very sinister. Like, well, and they acted like that before they even left. Acting, they act like that. Which is what kids do. Like, they want, like, my niece will, like, pretend, will act like that. Like, if I say she can't have cheese, it's at 8 p.m. I'm like, well, your mom gave me instructions. Like, you got to go to bed. She'll, she'll do stuff like that because that's what kids do. It's like, and everyone's in the scene is just acting like Chris is like, they all love Chloe more than me. And Chloe's just like, oh my gosh, is that Lovey made you do that? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, do you guys want a popsicle? It's like, what is going on? They were acting like that before they even left Kylie Cosmetic offices. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like I said, no one in here is like getting a gold star for parenting like it's very loosey-goosey over there like, they're all just hanging out i felt like they were trying to make it seem like chloe is like the kid's favorite because she spends the most time with them and like they and they all love her i got a totally different read on that chloe sorry i was like these kids have no sense of like boundaries and authority and like no respect for their grandmother. And I <laughs> like, think maybe it, even no. so, I think Chris is the uh, very authoritative and it's probably like, sit the fuck down. So I do think there's an element of like, oh, thank God, a fun parent's here where we can walk all over them because we can't do but that like, shit. Duck her position of her suddenly being, they were like clinging on her mm-hmm. and like pretending to cry. And then her being like, oh yeah, baby, you tell me what happened. It's like, no, you could have been like, Hey, I'm just, you know, don't mind me. I, I just missed you guys. I'm going to join. Like, Lovey was so excited about this. Like, let's all go, like, look at the animals. Instead, they were like, I'm so scared. I've been held at gunpoint. Thank God you're here. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay. Good to know. Well, Chloe kind of fit into it. She was like, well, I don't know. If, like, a horse comes charging at my child. Will Chris be able to, like, move her out of the way? I'm like, there's staff. I'm it's like, a farm. And well, then where Chloe's do you think they're going? horse. <laughs> And it's like, and North or whatever, True True. is like, run it, run it. Like, oh, now everything's fine. Like, she could have shut that down. The laziest horse in America. That horse was like, like, hanging on her. She could have been like, okay, okay, I'm here now. Love love you. So excited. Like, let's all go and like check out this farm. Also, we just, we, we just didn't even need that scene. Like, Chris is like, Chris and Kim are like, where they want us to believe they are so busy. Like, she's like, it's just so hectic, my life. I've got to make time for grandkids. No offense. And we'll see that in the conversation with Chloe and Chris later. What are you doing that you're so busy? Like, you're living the life. You're vacationing, which is great. Like, Chloe said she should be. But I'm like, you're not busy in that way. (laughs) Um. On Tommy Hilfiger's yacht, that's fine. Live it's your fine, life. but like, let's not act like we we're just just all be more honest with ourselves. <laughs> um, the next scene was Malika and Chloe, <laughs> Malika and Kim going to Crescent. <laughs> so that's Kathleen sneezing. <laughs> going to Crescent City to meet prisoners at Pelican Bay. Um, Malika, I don't know why Malika got chosen. I mean, Kim wants us to think that Malika was just so interested in her work and wanted to tag along. I happen to think they just need someone to for Kim to film with and to try to kind of make this a little more interesting. I, I, I yes, I think that 
and then also just being an asshole. I feel like <laughs> bless you. I don't know what is in here? Uh, the optics are weird. I feel like they're like <laughs> Malika's black. Let's bring a black person. Well, they also like came through in that like yeah stuff. I'm trying to like like the stuff we want to teach our sons, and I was like, what? Like, yeah. uh, that was a weird statement. Here's my thing about, again, Kim getting people out of prison. That's great. Whatever. The weird, the, the uncomfortable part about it is when they go to the prison, they come out, they're saying it was so powerful. And the thing that really like kind of rocked Kim was that there were people in cages. And then she made, she said it felt like there were animals, but then she kind of backtracked and said, but I want to be clear if people like murder, there should be some consequences, but the cages. So this is my thing about prison reform. Why I hate that it's called prison reform because it's not. That's something someone who's interested in prison reform would address the inhumane um, conditions of the prison. That and that got completely looked over. That should be the fucking like. That should have been at the core of this conversation. Well, and this has always been my beef with her, and I wish I could articulate it better. But yeah, I just it's not genuine. She dances on such a surface level, this whole scene, like, making these guys, like, trauma dump. And then she's like, wow, that's powerful. And then the guy who's, like, the host or whatever is just, like, up her ass the entire time. Then they cut back to all these things with Sister Alice. Like, it was a pop piece. It was like, Kim, you're so powerful and you're amazing. Oh, my God, listen to all these sad stories of these guys. And then Kim's commentary was so, like, ignorant and just, like, non-effective. Like, she wasn't saying anything. Yeah, it didn't feel like a productive trip. Because she was like, so what did you guys first me. I'm doing this. I'm so special. (laughs) I got Alice out of jail. Look at this bad stuff these guys did. Anyways, back to Calabasas. It was like, so what did you guys eat your first day out? Well, in the oh, people on the internet love to be like, I wish I was doing something. What are you fucking doing? It's like, okay, fine, whatever. She's doing something. She's had years to do this. She never highlights people who are doing critical work, not this like man from Pelican Bay that just like invited her and was like, you're such a life changer. And she hasn't evolved into deeper levels of the conversation. Yeah. Of- systemic racism or she never talks about people who are in for marijuana charges and like who happily does like cbd parties all this stuff there's so many layers to it that she hasn't even scratched yeah it's hard to watch credit for it she loves to shove it in all of her faces including her own child eating an onion who doesn't want anything to do with her it's like okay if you want to walk the walk i need a little bit more substance yeah, and the other uncomfortable part was, and I get—I don't know who's around her t- helping her, obviously nobody, but there's a conversation where she's basically saying, you know, a lot of these people in prison, they have a background. I'm going to say it for her. She explicitly says, but basically she's trying to get at that a lot of people commit crimes before survival mode because they come from a certain background or they don't know any better. And her position was how do we get like the guy told her she's at the other end of the pipeline of how do we get to people where they're not committing these crimes and I kind of cringe because I'm like it's not the per it's the system that you yeah. should be addressing it's not the person. Yeah. when she said uh, this was about when I was at the throw something to the tv <laughs> she was talking about this and she's like people how do we get you know the the beginning of the pipeline 
so you don't join gangs or yes. you don't have a parent at yes. home. Yes. I was like, I want to fucking <laughs> kill you. And literally a week ago, you were like kicking with Ivanka Trump. Like, this is why I cannot and will not ever take you. Not only am I not going to take you seriously, there's something dark sided and savior complex about what you're doing. And I really don't fucking like it. And now you've had several years to evolve this work that you do. And you literally just said one of the most basic racist ass tropes. The pipeline isn't gangs or not having parents on home, quote unquote. The pipeline is the way that our justice system is by design targeting people of a certain race, giving them sentences that are stronger, giving them no options. Yes. And you, the you use some of the two most overused, stupid ass tropes. Yeah, that made me so uncomfortable. Because on top of that, too, and I, we don't know if someone at that table corrected her because it's edited. So I don't know. Maybe someone hopefully jumped in and was like, "Well," but also it's like, well, you're asking like, how do we get kids not to join gangs or whatever, whatever, whatever? The government has failed, like Kathleen was saying certain people of certain either races or economic statuses. We can even go further into that, how there's certain neighborhoods that lack resources, there's food deserts, da, 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 education in their area. I mean, like you, like Kathleen systemic. said, there's so many layers where you can't just on systems upon years. Exactly. Upon years. You can't just say, why don't you stop joining a gang? You know what I mean? Stop like join a gang. <laughs> Gangs are bad. What oh, you're, you're, you don't have a dad. No wonder you're in prison. Just say no <laughs> to drugs. Like, like, what year is it? And you, Miss Vogue cover, she also never said anything in this entire scene with any amount of legal jargon. Like, no, no, she sounded like a teenager who just watched, (laughs) like, American History X or something, or Dangerous Mind. She sounded ignorant. Who just watched Locked Up, Pelican Bay. (laughs) Yeah, like, you want to, like, she sounded not dumb. I don't want to like diminish her. She, sound, she, sounded, she sounded very new to it all. To it all, she sounded new to it. Yeah. And you want to tell us that you are the leading voice on this, which you're yeah. not, by the way, which you are not, Kim. <laughs> so, what is your platform doing, other than being like, "Wow, did you have a cheeseburger after you got out?" Oh well, you didn't kill someone, so I guess you could get parole. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, and I was like, oh, God. Accident, and now you read the Bible, so, like, you can have a cheeseburger. It's so sad you didn't have a dad. I don't, and again, I will emphasize this. Why Malika was there, I don't know. Like, I still am like, Malika, I, and I wish she would have contributed something to that conversation. Again, maybe she did, and it just got edited out. But once again, very disappointed, Malika. It's like, I feel bad. Girl, please. Probably been, like, in such a bubble with them that yeah. she doesn't feel like she has a voice. But at any point, Malika could have been like, yes, as a black woman, I get looked at differently in the just, I fear that I would get looked at differently. And treated differently. Yeah. 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 I fear for my son. Yeah. Because I will, they will get not only targeted differently, mm-hmm. they will get sentenced differently. Yeah. And regardless of economic status. It's crazy. I just learned, like, they can't have chicken in there. (laughs) How do we make sure they don't join gangs if they don't have parents? 
So they don't go to jail. I'm just like, oh, girl, it's so much more complex and so many. So how many fake years of law school have you been in that you can't form a better opinion? And you love to take up space in places where people who are actually doing this work cannot get. You don't want to elevate their voices. The least you could do is learn from them. Go on fucking Twitter, TikTok. The average Gen Z or teenager knows more about the prison industrial complex yeah. than you do. Meanwhile, and you get fucking vote cover. You get invited to give talks. You get to be the prison reform princess. I just don't, even visiting what? prisons are, are is strange to me because, like, what's the goal? What's the, yeah. what is the goal of visiting a prison? It very much gives people who do mission trips in mm-hmm. countries where people are white and they take pictures with little brown kids and are like, oh my God, I saved them today. It's kind of like last was altered by taking a photo with this brown child. Remember how last Thanksgiving her and Tristan went to like the juvenile hall? And I'm just like visiting a child prison, as I like to call it. I I don't understand the point of that because people that work on prison reforms are like actively trying to dismantle juvenile halls or actively dismantle, like we were talking about prison systems in general. Why are you just it's hanging out? Like, hey, guys. Justice. Like, it's not. Yeah. It's, yeah. Corrective it's, justice. Yeah. It's. It's savior complex of being like, wow, that's so hard. Like, you don't have a cheeseburger. Oh, my God. I'm just learning so much from you. Thank you. And then, by the way, save Sister Alice. Thank you for your work, Kim. Like, if Kim was going to prisons and putting on a class, I'm I'm just spitballing here, or giving some type of educational thing, or, you know, you have uh, comedians that go and give entertainment. Like, you're giving some value to the inmates. But if you're just visiting, what's the goal of the visit? What are we doing? There's, like, a program where... Dog rescuers mm-hmm. need dogs, yes. puppies to get socialized. Yes. Prisoners get, if they apply for this program, they can be part of socializing the dogs and they yeah. get this awesome opportunity to work with the dog and meet other people in the prison system that are also doing the program. So it's like socializing and like constructive and powerful to them. Great. Things like that. Can you yeah. do something? At least like that. Even when Kim highlighted the hotshot people, no mention that up until recently, and the rules are still very murky. The people who are fighting fires could literally not go to fire academy. Right, they can't get a job as firemen on the outside, quote unquote outside. And we're paying them like a dollar a day to get burnt alive. Yeah. It, it just all feels very self-serving. And even if it wasn't self-serving, she's lazy. And the same way that we call out everybody, all the celebrities with their social posts. It's like you not only have the means, you're actually advancing your brand trying to be this person. You got to push the needle farther or get out of the way so that people who are actually doing the work can get it done. And I'll give Kim the benefit of doubt about maybe it's not self-serving, but to your point, there's this uh, resistance to go deeper or this resistance to highlight. Let me say it that way. I'm not going to even say she doesn't know because I'm praying she does. And there, But there is a resistance to highlight it because she doesn't want to rock the boat. Same with saying you felt like seeing people in those prison, ca- those cages like animals. Rightfully so. You should, you should feel that way. 
But then to kind of like also add in this weird sentence about, but I also want to be clear that if people do crimes or murder, there should be consequences. Like you don't have to like appease this, this group that's like, well, what do you want to let all the murderers out? And the caveat she always puts with like, I looked yeah. into this case and they're not like a bad criminal. Yeah. It's not like violent. What's person. the problem? <laughs> or she weighs in on it 20 minutes before they're getting the death sentence mm-hmm. so she can sound like she's trying to put her hat in the ring to get this person out and it's like well what are we supposed to do now yeah <laughs> like, yeah 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 and what I if think- you criticize the death sentence what if yeah. you criticize trial policy exactly. what if you criticize the pipeline what if you criticize <laughs> any of it <laughs> that's why if i were her or we'll even talk about how I how I said last week these people don't have a team and it got confirmed this episode but if I were advising her if I were to I would I would have told her to stay away from prison reform because like we're saying there's so many layers and it's so system systemic that you you you, you're not equipped you won't even be able to talk about in the way it needs to be talked about or to Kathleen's point you're not going to criticize what needs to be criticized because you're too concerned about your brand Pick a cause that's e- pick environmental law or something that's easier yeah. and but won't give you. They're flying their private jets to Palm Springs every two weeks. Well, can't like, do that. Yep. Never mind. You don't have any legs to stand on. Like, Maybe at, food. Pick food. <laughs> like Courtney doing, you know, going, which I still think was the reason that Kim suddenly got involved with politics, was Courtney got an opportunity <laughs> to go to Congress to talk about. Clean products, yeah. Clean products. I think that pissed Kim off and then <laughs> doubled down. But clean products was a thing that made sense for their the realm that they're in. It doesn't delve too deep in the politics of like yeah. environmental consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just saying, like, yeah, let's make sure there aren't chemicals in your cosmetics, or if there are, they have to be labeled. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Kim could go into the ethics of fast fashion. She wouldn't yeah. because she loves making the margins that she makes on skins. Maybe education but then. Is that friends. an easy one? <laughs> education. Yeah. Just yeah. do education. Yeah, education. But she chose something that she thought would make her look really cool. And she chose wrong. And she should step away from it. Because I, I, so I honestly don't think that she has the capacity to get where she needs to be. And yeah. I also think she's a wealthy person with friends who are very conservative. And she is never going to have the moral compass that it takes to do that work. Yeah. Yeah. She's so, not going to get down in the dirt. She needs to get out sure. of the way for people who are actually doing the work. Right. Right. Um, the final scene was actually pretty educational so chloe and chris are talking and basically as we've been saying why doesn't anyone do a podcast chris pitches her podcasting she's a podcast you're so smart articulate that chloe surprisingly pushes back and the reason why she's like no is because she'll be on her own she doesn't have a team which is what we talked about last episode when i said there's no fucking way these people have a team because they comment on too many things they shouldn't comment on their statements are very poorly written and just terrible like and Chloe confirmed that none of these people have a team, which is fucking remarkable to me that they don't have at least a PR firm on retainer or something like I find that very interesting. They're such a public figures and voices. And the fact that they were there winging it, it explains a lot. It explains so much. And it also feels like 
one, maybe they don't think they need it because they got this far without it. But also, I think there's a layer to it where, and we see with the show, there's some level of they don't want outsiders in Mm -hmm. their business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Because the facade might start to crumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just try to do it all in-house. Yeah. And you also get that sense of that throwing spaghetti on the wall. They Every opportunity, they're constantly like, what's the next opportunity? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? But they don't follow through with anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that you see that with this podcast idea. Maybe not a bad idea, but it's like if you're just trying new things every five seconds and not getting the structure in place to make it successful or just being like, okay, that was successful. Let's keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. That was successful. What are the next 10 things that we can do that will be successful? Because this one thing was successful. Right. And Chloe even said that about Chris. Like, there's no follow through. Like, you're around for signing the contract and then you're on to the next thing or you're just around for the next contract. So it's Chloe's kind of like sick of maybe to your point, being presented all these opportunities, signing contracts, and then being fucking abandoned by Chris. I love the new shiny object, but not fostering yeah and I think it's interesting too the way she said that she's left to put out all these fires and these projects so which means she's clearly doing good American whatever she does with good American she's doing that on her own so she's probably like I'm not fucking equipped for this I just got given a gene company and I'm expected to (laughs) answer some questions and even Emma to her credit she's an entrepreneur so she's like She's in there making the deals to get it off the ground, but she's not running it either because she's thinking about what the next 10 things are. Yeah. And then I think it's interesting. She said if she uses Caitlin's dead name, that she would get annihilated in the media. So I think there's also an element of afraid of making mistakes. I I wanted Chris to say, and maybe she said it and they edited it out. Because if I was Chris, I would have said, bitch, you don't think we'd edit that out? Like, if you accidentally said Bruce, bitch, we'll edit it out. Like, that's the beauty of a podcast. It's not live. We can always yeah. edit. And the, that's why I was like, that's kind of crazy she's worried about making mistakes because we can always, you know, cut some shit out. Um, but she basically just doesn't want to do it because she knows she's going to have to eventually do it on her own. And then Chris yeah. being Chris is like, we'll get a team around you from the production company. And I love how Chloe said, bitch, I haven't had a team since I started doing this shit. Are you kidding me right yeah. now? It was just. Um, illuminating. It was. Thank you. Great word. It was illuminating. I And then um, I think it's. There's something Chloe's not saying because she's now she launched and how she'd be overwhelmed and she has so much going on in her life and Chris doesn't understand. Again, I was like, what else do you have going on? Not to say she doesn't, but I'm just curious on what she is dealing with. Like, what are we not getting as the audience of the show? What are we missing? Yeah, like explain it. Explain. (laughs) Is it Tristan? Is it because you're not you're doing good American and who knows what else you've got going on that we don't know about. But like she made it seem like I've got so much on my plate. And um, Chris is looking at her like she's nuts. Like, what are you saying? Um, And I think eventually Chris like dropped it and was like, fine, if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. Because, you know, then Chloe was like, my frustration with you as a manager, there's no follow through. You're on a yacht for two weeks. Your assistants always say they can't do anything without speaking to you. And then I don't get to you forever, you know. Um, But I was sad at the end that 
Chris was like, I just want you to do something that's in your heart. And then Chloe's like, I don't have a lot of things in my heart in general. And I'm like, oh, hello, depression. Well, and <laughs> you're depressed. It's like, Chris, what if she just doesn't have a thing? Yeah. Like, why do you always need, you have this obsession with an iron in the fire. What if Chloe just wants to let the engine keep running right now? Good Americans working. I'm doing stuff with my kids. Like, I don't need a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. She's kind of like, why do I always have to be doing something? She's kind of like where Courtney is or Courtney was rather, right? Like, I want to sit the hell down. (laughs) That's well, what like, I want to do. Not starting a new thing doesn't mean doing nothing. That's why mm-hmm. I always hate criticism of Courtney. It's like they they're making money off the show. They're making money off their social media. She has a brand. She has kids. Like, why does she need to have a new thing at all times? Yeah. Now, granted, we we both probably agree that Chloe would be the one to have a podcast. Yeah. But do you? Does she need one? No. What terms? terms like yeah it should yeah. be her own terms you yeah know? exactly and i said this before with scott it's like their weird obsession with work ethic and like needing a new thing at all times a lot of wealthy people have enough wealth to have money saved money invested that's making new money mm-hmm. that they don't need to be doing anything but that yeah yeah I think more so what we're speaking to is Chris is like, how can we keep you fucking relevant? Right. It's not even about the money. It's like, how can we just keep you (laughs) out here? Healthy. (laughs) Yeah. And Chloe's like, I don't want to be out here anymore. Not right now, at least. And I think if she was being very honest, it's less about what if I call Caitlin by her dead name and more about like people fucking drag me because of Tristan. So I know I'm going to get like some pushback or maybe some. I feel like. Chloe used that thing because it was such a specific thing. Yeah. That you'd be like, yeah, that would probably piss some people off, but it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. In the long term. Yeah. Because it, she could say that and no one's going to argue with her. Yeah. Like it's kind of like a, oh, yep, you got to make sure you do that. Yeah. Not like, oh, I go into the comments of random people <laughs> and argue with them. Yeah. I, I like when my grandma posted a picture of me in my bathing suit that wasn't edited. Like, yeah. I have this idiot man who ruined my life multiple times over still living in my living room. Like that's what you actually don't want to open yourself up to. Yeah. And she, and she might have PTSD from cocktails with Chloe. Like, remember that wasn't like a pleasant experience. Well, that's, you'll see glimmers of it, but I wish that they still had the ability to be that honest. Yeah. And just be like, yeah, like cocktails with Chloe was fun. <laughs> like it didn't work out. Like, uh, you know, everything I've been through with Tristan, it's like it's always in the comments, no matter what I do. Like, uh, you know, I hate when people comment on my looks and my weight and my face. Like having a podcast just gonna open me up to all of that. Yeah. There's no risk in her saying that. I wish you would just say, you know, co- I did cocktails in, with Chloe. You were nowhere to be fucking found. Like, I had to deal with production on my own. Because I feel like, I can't really remember. I could look it up, but I'm not. I think that was, like, the production's issue. Like, they had an issue with Chloe either showing up. Like, there was something they weren't kind of on the same page. So, I feel like she's probably like, bitch, we did cocktails <laughs> with Chloe, and it was a fucking disaster. Like, 
No way. Because even on that show, there were some sound bites where you were like, remember Jenna Marbles was on there, who which of all fucking yeah. people would be talking about white privilege. And Malika was like, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> and Jenna Marbles was like, no, let's talk about white privilege. That's fine. <laughs> and so Chloe probably was like, you guys fucked me on cocktails with Chloe. I'm not doing another fucking show. <laughs> Snooki came on the show and told me I was an asshole to her. Who booked her? Who would book that? So she probably was like, I don't trust. Like she said, I just don't trust it. I cannot trust it. Well, and that's why they can't make good TV because they want it to all be controlled and perfect and yeah. curated. And that's not entertaining. At all. We like, we like, we like people fucking up in real time. We like mess. Sorry. Love the mess. All right. Well, that was the episode. I don't I, I watched the previews for next episode. I don't remember what's gonna happen. So it doesn't matter. Maybe. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Let's do some Tyra mail. Tyra mail. We are songwriters, singers, songwriters, podcasters, all the above. The subject line is You're crazy if you think that's Chloe's baby. I assume this is Tatum. <laughs> Hi, dolls. Just catching up on last week's episode where it was brought up about Tatum possibly coming from Kim's eggs, not Chloe's. As soon as I heard the crew say how much she looks like Rob, I knew that either one, they, they're lying, or two, it's Kim's biological child. After seeing pics, I think two is most likely. Let me tell you why. As you mentioned, though, as, as you mentioned, you thought Kim used all her eggs. However, she said after Shy, she still has a boy embryo with Kanye. I love Kanye in quotes, which ended up being <laughs> Sam. I think she used all her embryos, but has some eggs banked just in case things with Kanye didn't work out, which of course she knew back then they weren't working out. Two, when True was born, there were there were a lot of blind items and rumors that Chloe and Tristan were nervous about just genetic disorders. Take that however you want it, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Three, when Chloe started looking into surrogacy, she said her docs confirmed she couldn't carry a baby again for reasons she didn't want to discuss on camera. Okay, this could be anything, but besides trash can cheating on her, she had relatively seamless pregnancy and labor. Maybe those genetic rumors were true and there were abnormalities on both sides so it wouldn't be smart for Chloe and Tristan to procreate together. And God forbid they use someone else's sperm. Maybe it was something genetic that links Chloe to her real dad too and that's why she doesn't want to discuss it. Chloe was going to be a hashtag boy mom no matter what and probably wants to secure trap trash. <laughs> oh, wait, secure slash trap. I thought she was calling Tristan trap trash, <laughs> which I'm not against yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but secure or trap trash can even more into quote unquote loving her. So, of course, Kim stepped in and offered an egg that was already frozen, which is why Kim is so invested in all of this. I know this is messy and not PC and very insinuative, but let me know what you think. I'm sure there are more breadcrumbs out there. It's a fun theory. It's a fun celebrity theory. Um, it's something I would kill to see on this show. Like, if they if they wanted to mix it up, that would be the storyline. Because I just think uh, where we are today as society, we would accept that storyline. Like, oh, like, yeah. All right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Kim gave me an egg, and that's that. It, like, but I don't know. They're so weird with the optics of it all and, like, seemingly perfect and being pick me's, but... There are a lot of conspiracy theories with them and just celebrities in general. I don't buy into something about this one holds some weight. 
there's something off. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Because all off. of, well, and all, so it's just weird too, even on Tristan's side, because all of Tristan's, well, we haven't seen Marley's kid, but True and Prince look, oh, just look dead on Tristan. And then you have Tatum where you're like, oh, okay, well. Well, and we see with like Robert Jr. and Courtney and her kids and Kim, like Robert Sr.'s genes seem strong. Yeah. The force is strong. So, with that one. And we don't think he's Chloe's biological dad. Sorry, Chloe. So it, it doesn't not make sense if somehow Tatum looks a little bit less Tristan like. Yeah. A different gene pools and her just. Yeah. I don't know. It's a dark thing to talk about, especially I'm not a mom. So sorry to all the moms out there. This, you know, discussion is always a little bit sinister, but. Like, like Natalie said, something's off. This family lies all the time. And this family, for some reason, attracts these, like, conspiracy theories all the time. I have no idea why, but maybe yeah. they're because they're so secretive. So they people... refuse to tell the truth. Exactly. I was going to say, they're so secretive. They, it. they yeah. talked about in circles with non-answers about Chloe's biological dad in the show. Yeah. They invited that. They could have left that completely off the table. They wanted Chloe to give a get a DNA test at one point on camera. Remember that? They love thing. They love dealing with that earlier like, in their career when they were trying to advance it. Yeah, now they they're trying to act all like what? What are well, you guys talking Chris about? Wrote a memoir talking about her cheating, talking about Robert cheating. Like they were all messy, exactly. And we now they want to act like they have no mess. And unfortunately, your brand was built on sharing the mess. So exactly, get messy. I and I'm not talking about. Kim and Courtney fighting. They're kind of over that. Like, where is the tea? Where is the mess? I don't need to watch you guys take your kids to a farm. Like, I want a scandal. A real (laughs) scandal. Not Tristan cheating for the 500th time. Like, somebody leaked to TMZ. (laughs) Something. Chris, come on. Leak some information. I need something out of left field. Exactly. Something that will rock us. Something that will get them trending. Something that will make us want to do an emergency podcast. Because usually when stuff comes out, I'm like, oh, I can wait. It'll pass. It'll pass. It'll pass. Uh, the last one we'll do is billionaire versus billionaire. Hi, ladies. Just going to jump right into it. So with Miss T. Swift, I just find it so annoying how she's become a billionaire after her heiress tour and everyone's cheering and celebrating. But when Kylie, allegedly, and Kim became one, it's all they have privilege. Billionaires for sex tape and blah, blah, blah. Like, come on now. Don't sit there and act like Miss Swift herself didn't come from money and privilege, too. Honestly, I don't think, I don't really think there should be a billionaires, but damn, these Swifties are annoying. Number two. All right. So we know Tristan has multiple baby mamas. And Chloe, girl, leave him alone. Do you see Mariah Carey out here being BFFs with Nick Cannon? No, you saying I see how great these men are, but then they do something terrible and they realize how great I am. But if he was great, would he have hurt you? Like you can't help him having other children, but have some self-respect. Anyways, I don't hate Taylor, but I stand, I can't stand her fans. Taylor is truly not for me and is for the white women. She gives, I'm shopping at Kohl's and that's okay. All right, now bye. No, she's she she loves that her brand is basic bitch. Like she's like, this is my brand. In fact, she's she is doubling down on it. And, and it, it's what makes her relatable. 
Like, I can't, I'm not hating Don't on it. Like, forget though that her dad is a fucking oil parent and paid an absurd amount of money for her to get studio time. But sure, she's basic because uh, she knows it's marketable. But I do agree. I think as much as I shit on the Kardashians, I just don't get the weird, like, you need to have a talent to be, to get Justify, an audience. Yeah, exactly. Money for stuff. Yeah. We're, we're past that. We're in the post-social media influencer era. It, it, no. If you're captivating an audience, then they're paying you money for a good, whatever that good is. Whatever. I agree. There are no ethical billionaires. But this idea that you have to have a talent to get that money. And yes, like I think what Taylor Swift has done is very different than what the Kardashians has done. But she's still an extremely calculated, savvy business person who is constantly thinking about how to increase her brand and make more money. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's this this they're playing the same game. That's how we'll say that. Playing the same game with different tools. Exactly. Exactly. Apples and pears. Apples <laughs> and fake. They're not in the same thing, but they're both doing they're both reaching for the stars, so yeah. get over it. Yeah, they're all playing the celebrity <laughs> game. It's, it's completely like either, and I'm white. <laughs> it's a different. It's a certain brand of white woman. Let's be clear. Yeah, let's be clear. It's a certain brand of white woman. It's a catchy tune. In fact, some of them I bought my head to, but I just I can't hundred percent behind it, and that's fine. It's totally fine. But I'm not going to sit here and say that she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah, she's very smart. She's very Someone smart. Goes out there and strategically aims to increase their brand and make money, and they make money. That's not a surprise or illogical. Yeah, like she's either you're doing what Kim's doing or you're doing what Taylor's doing. Now, to the point I made earlier, it's like I'm. A, I don't really want to buy Beyonce's perfume, but I will always go to her shows. Kim doesn't necessarily have that. Yeah, but that's okay. She doesn't need to have that. That's she doesn't have that, but I'm guarantee you because this show, I don't know how long this can go on, and I'm sure Kim's thinking the same thing. I guarantee you she will try to transition into acting because, yeah. again, or she's she got to stay like around. Lisa Barlow lady, like Real Housewives, or like even if she did the Jessica Simpson thing, she doesn't need to be Beyonce because Beyonce is being Beyonce. That doesn't mean that there's not a place in the market where Kim can be a successful billionaire. But you even said to yourself, that that's not good enough for Kim. She's got to be yeah. in your face. So as I said, she will try to transition to acting in some way. Like, yeah, we say all the time, Kim should just be like Jessica Simpson, do your little clothing line or do something that will generate money and you're cool. But that's not good enough. She's like, no, how can I be on that's either why on we TV? Kim yeah. Kim yeah. yeah. skill yeah. is more that she wants it so bad. Exactly. But she has not presented us with something that sticks. Exactly. Exactly. We There's nothing you go to Kim for, right? Kim comes to you and you're like oh okay girl okay fine but there's she nothing you're like TV. Yeah. yes if she just owned that as her persona great yeah but she wants to be a lawyer she wants to go to the white house she wants to be prison justice reform she wants to be an actress she wants to be an entrepreneur too many things at once <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, okay, if you have Tyra, Tyra Mail, send in to savebiblepodcast at gmail.com, savebiblepodcast at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed these back-to-back episodes. We had to play catch-up. Thank you for understanding. Yes. 
And I know half of you are not even watching this fucking show. So <laughs> we're on the front line for you. The next one is on tomorrow. It's like it is. they get caught up and it's like, oh. Yeah, like we're on the, the battlefield. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think that's about it. See you next episode. Thank you for listening. All that jazz. You got anything, Kathleen? Nope. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>